Caloundra City Private School is an independent, non-denominational school located in Pelican Waters on the Sunshine Coast. The mantra for our school is every student matters. We aim for every child to be confident, resilient, organised, persistent and social in all aspects of their lives in and out of the classroom. This podcast series is designed to share valuable insights from academic leaders on current educational research and perspectives, as we all strive to help our young people reach their potential in today's ever-changing world. On Tuesday the 16th of May, an expert on child safety, Brett Lee, presented the following seminar to our years 7, 8 and 9 students about keeping safe online. Mr Lee has an extensive career in law enforcement, having worked for the Queensland Police Service for many years as both an officer and a detective working specifically in this field. Through the company he created, Internet Education and Safety Services, Brett's mission is to equip and educate young Australians with the skills and knowledge to enable them to use the internet safely, whilst making them aware of their rights and responsibilities in the cyber world. During this presentation, he delivers a commanding message with powerful, sometimes confronting truths about cyber safety, information today's young people need to hear. Please note, the following seminar was designed for years 7, 8 and 9 students and is not recommended for younger listeners without parental consent. Now, before I get into the presentation, I've got a uh, video to show you. I've got a couple of slides. Um, I'm going to go through my background so you know exactly who's delivering these messages to you, the perspective that it's going to be delivered from. There are a couple of things I want to outline to you about how this presentation will proceed. Not only what it will include, but what it won't include. I've been doing this for 10 years. I do uh, 450 presentations every year. I go to 120 schools all around the world, and I speak predominantly about how you are able to be part of an online world now and for the rest to your life and make sure that you reduce the risk that you may go down a path that you don't want to go down simply because you typed a few wrong keys, you pushed a few wrong buttons, you swiped. Uh, maybe in a way that's not, uh, I suppose, healthy for you, your family or I suppose your future. And that's all today is about. I've got four kids myself, age 14 to 22. I have a lot of background when it comes to, or a lot of experience when it comes to technology. But even though I've seen some of the darker, sinister corners of people's minds when they're part of that online world, I still know that the internet can be the safest, funnest, most educational and productive place that you'll ever be in your life. This presentation is not about encouraging people not to use technology. It's exactly, it's exactly the opposite. It's about being able to create a safe world for you whereby you can have fun, you can increase your self-esteem, you can increase your opportunities and do so in such a way that you reduce risk. But you know what? When you walk out of this room, you can do whatever you want on the internet. If you want to make bad choices, you can. Anybody can. I can do that. This is about you having a reason yourself to know that why you make sound choices online, the rewards that you receive when you make those choices. My messages today don't stop people using technology. If you choose to take this advice, it can help you be part of that online world. But like I said, you're the one that's going to type the keys. I'm here today for one person. I'm here for you. I'm not here for your friends. I'm not here for the teachers and I'm not here for your family. I'm here for you because when you're behind that screen, you're the one that's going to make the choices. If you go against your instincts, if you don't rely on your knowledge or your wisdom, 
and uh, you make choices online that isn't consistent with who you really are in this world, it's not consistent with what our world or our family is all about, if you make those choices, you're the one that's going to have to face the consequences. It is simple to have a good time on the internet, but there are things that need to be put in place. There's things that we need to remember. So guys, don't overcomplicate this. This is simple. It's not about encouraging people not to use technology. It's exactly the opposite. So as we go through, you pull out one or two of these main messages that you may think apply to you. You don't have to talk to anyone else about it because the internet exists in one place. It exists here. Every experience that you will ever have on the internet exists right here. So you are the one that either benefits or you are the one that faces consequences as a result of the choices we make online. And there is something else I want to say. I'm not here today to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not going to say that you're going to like everything you hear from me, but I'll guarantee you one thing, it's the truth. Because my messages don't come from just uh, uploading photos on a screen. It doesn't come from just playing a game on the internet. Everybody in our community can do that. My messages to you come from my vast experience having been part of an online world and seeing a face of technology that not many people get a chance to see, and I'll outline that right now. So why would the school bring me in to pass on these simple basic messages to you? Things to do with technology, a subject that a lot of you already know a lot about. I don't have a teaching background, I was never a teacher. I've got what's called a law enforcement background, I spent 22 years in the Queensland Police. And for 16 of those years I was a detective. And I've investigated everything from shoplifting up to murder and I've arrested people for those offences. But for most of my time as a detective I investigated adults who are looking to harm, hurt, abuse or commit, uh, commit offences against young people from our community. Now I'm no longer in the police and when I left the police I had the chance to work for the United States government in a country called Iraq. And over there I was a teacher, that's me bottom right hand corner. I was a teacher at the Iraq National Police Academy training these men from Iraq how to be police officers. So like you might turn up to class with your books and your pens, my students would turn up with their machine guns. So a little bit different, same sort of concept, obviously a very dangerous classroom, and these are what they are, they're just a few interesting pictures. Now this next slide is why the school wanted me to pass on some of my experience to you. Do you know what my messages are all about? Not how to use technology. You're gonna learn that very well yourself. Some of you can use, use it better than me. My messages have got nothing to do with technology, it's got to do with how we think when we're part of that online world. As a detective I was very lucky. I had the opportunity to go to the United States and I worked with the FBI in their undercover internet team. I also worked for the Department of Homeland Security at their Cyber Crime Centre in Washington DC. I also worked for some local police in the United States, the San Jose City Police in California and also the Dallas Police in Texas at their Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. I had the opportunity to be trained by world experts in the field of internet investigations and that presented me a very unique face of technology, like I said, that not many people get a chance to see. We only see what we see on our screen in front of us. It also caused me to consider some things that not many people generally need to consider. I have arrested hundreds and hundreds of people, some of them students, for doing nothing more than typing the wrong keys on their keyboard in the privacy of their own home, pushing the wrong buttons on their smartphone, whether they were social networking or gaming. A lot of those people committed criminal offences because they made bad choices. Some of them, the more serious ones, they went to prison, but they didn't go to cyber prison because there's no such place as cyber prison. They went to a physical world prison. Now that in itself is an incredible analogy that a lot of adults out there have never really considered that when I put my face behind a screen, I am not in a cyber world, I'm in a real world because I'm connected to real people. 
I'm connected to people who are as real as the people who walk around in my community every day, so why would anything change? I would arrest people for typing keys in their home and they would go to a physical world prison. Now that analogy in itself proves that the internet is just as real as the world we walk around in every day. And do you know what you do very well? You draw on all those social indicators. You know what's expected in the physical world. You know what the consequences may be for making bad choices. You know what your and other people's responsibilities are. And you use that to make good choices out there. Some people, when they put their face behind that screen, they're tricked by technology into thinking, I can become a different person. I've got more rights. Other people have less rights. I know I wouldn't say this to someone's face, but it's okay on the internet. Those people are wrong no matter how much they want it. Because you know those people sitting in my police station? They all had a few things in common. One, they never imagined it would be them sitting there. They thought they were special on the internet. These bad things only happen to other people. Do you know the other thing they had in common? They never ever imagined that a police officer would see what they were doing. They fell victim to the grand illusion that the internet plays on a human being. It will try and convince you that you can have privacy in that world. And do you know how well it does that? Some adults say to me, oh, I deserve my privacy on the internet. I say, oh, really? Who told you that? Where's that written down? Have you got a contract saying you deserve privacy on the internet? You're connected to three billion people. You're in the most public place you'll ever be. It's not up to you if something stays private. I can send an email to my closest friend and say, don't show this to anybody. It's very private. I can't stop them copying it putting it on the internet, forwarding it to someone, printing it out and giving it to someone. It's not my choice if it stays private. Do you know what those adults are saying? Oh, I want it to be private. I thought it was private. I imagined it was private. I want it to be private. I've been promised it was private. It felt private. I demand it's private. That doesn't make it private. Every single one of those people sitting in my police station thought that the internet could give them privacy, but that's how little they knew about technology. They were in the most public place. They shouldn't have been shocked that a police officer saw it. They should have known that that was possible, whether they imagined it or not. Do you know most adults out there operate like that? There's going to be adults on the Sunshine Coast today who either get assaulted, lose their job or go to prison because of the choices they made on the internet. And they're going to be shocked when the police are knocking on their door at 9 o'clock tonight with a search warrant. You don't have to go down that path. You can be smarter than that and not just know that the internet's public, believe it when you make your choices. And how do you do that? Am I prepared for my parents to see this? Am I prepared for someone else's parents to see this? Am I prepared for every student at my school to see this? Am I prepared for every student at another school to see this? Am I prepared for the principal to see this? No, well, I'm just not gonna do it. Because you know something else? Those people weren't sitting in my police station because of what they didn't do on the internet. It's because of what they did do. They went against their instincts. They knew what they were doing wasn't right. There's nothing that has to be done on the internet. That's gonna be your choice. You do not have to make that choice. So the internet obviously is public. The internet, of course, is permanent. Every choice you've ever made on the internet, there is a record out there and someone else has got it. They have total control of that for the rest of your lives, whether you can imagine it or not. These are the principles that are the truth about technology and you need to burn into the back of your mind when it comes to making choices online. Every time you trust instincts, wisdom and knowledge and you fall into line with what you know is right, you are rewarding yourself. The rewards are you will never have to face stress or anxiety over facing issues because of your choices online. So guys, this is how easy this presentation is today. But like I said, you can go out there and do the wrong thing. You're the one typing the keys. I just want you to know where you stand. Give you one or two more things to consider that maybe you never considered before. Maybe it just makes it real, that one point. 
You thought, you know what, I've heard it's public, but you know, I have made some choices online where I thought only my friends would see it. Only people my age, only one person would see it. You've been tricked by technology. And do you know what else all those people in my police station had in common? They would have given anything in this world to take it back. Most of them said, this isn't really who I am. What I did online isn't a true representation of, 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 of who I am. I, I just thought I was in this private place. I never imagined that someone would be offended and make a complaint. Can I please take it back? And unfortunately, the answer is no. And do you know what? I believe when young people like yourself, young adults, you make choices online, if you make bad choices, you don't do it because you're evil, sinister criminals. You do it because you're young people. That's why you make these choices. The problem is, it's our community who judges us and they judge people very harshly. So I want you where you can to know that I've just got to trust who I am. I'm not going to trick the internet into thinking it can give me things and make me somebody that I can't get from the physical world because it's very good at creating those illusions. And I'm going to talk about some of those. So you can sort of think about what's really going on here. Why do I need to give the whole world all of my information? Do I really get anything out of that? And what, why do they want it? Why does the internet want me to put all my information there? So I'm going to talk about some of these things because you know what? Those geniuses you're going to be connected to on the internet, they're not going to tell you these things. Everybody's there for themselves on the internet. Those companies aren't going to tell you these things. Why? Because they'll make less money. So I'm going to tell you some of these things. Whether you want to take it or not, that, that's totally up to you. But I think you deserve to hear these words. There is another reason as to why the school brings me in because I do have a bit of an understanding of what it means to be a teenager on the internet even though I was never a teenager myself using technology. But I do have a bit of an understanding of some of the pressures that you may face from cultures and people on the internet as you grow through this school. They're going to try and put that pressure on for you to make choices that you know at the end of the day is probably not the best for you and your family. Do you know who else is going to place those pressures upon you? Maybe yourself. As a young person growing, maybe you get curious in certain areas. Maybe there's things you're wondering about. Maybe, maybe you want to be, you want to feel a bit more mature than what you feel you are at the moment. And you might, may find that you, yourself places pressure on you to make choices to be that person. The problem is, it doesn't give people that. It is an illusion. So I'm going to talk about that as well. And the reason I understand that with young people, that you will face pressures online, is that for five years as a detective, it was my job to go on the internet and pretend to be you. It was my job to pretend to be a teenage boy or a teenage girl on the internet, and I did that for thousands of hours. I've been a teenage girl on the internet longer than any teenage girl in Australia's history. So I know what it's like to be a young lady on the internet. I also know what it's like to be a young man, of course. I've had dozens and dozens of social networking sites pretending to be a teenager. They're all the same. I've played those online games for many thousands of hours. I've uh, used those communication programs, both the private ones, or we think they're private, and the public communication programs. And this is where all my messages come from, things that I've actually seen myself on the internet. This is the truth. I'm not saying you're going to like it, and I'm not here, I suppose, uh, you know, just so you can hear exactly what you want. But I think you deserve to hear the truth. Because there's a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings when it comes to using technology. So I'm not here to judge anybody. If I say something that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, I'm unapologetic. You need to hear these things. So 
That was my job for many years, and that's where all my messages come from. Here's some of the programs I'd use on a day-to-day basis. Now, some of those are old, some of them don't exist anymore, and some of them certainly aren't popular. I mean, we have our popular micro-social networking programs at the moment, Instagram, Snapchat, but do you know what? These programs aren't new. They're not different. Programs like this have been around for 20 years. They only do one thing. It is the most basic piece of software ever invented. All they do is connect you with other people so you can share information. They do nothing else. And do you know what? If you've got an Instagram account, you're not Instagram's customer. A customer is someone who pays for a product. Instagram doesn't even know you. You are not even a real person to them. You are data on a screen that they use to make billions of dollars. Do you know who Instagram's customer is? The people and the companies who pay Instagram, who Instagram sells your information to. That's who Instagram's customer is. Does this make them bad? No, but it makes them who they are. They're a company and they exist for one reason, to make as much money as they can. How much do we pay for this? Zero. Do you know why they charge zero? Because they can't charge one dollar. They know their program at the end of the day has no value and achieves nothing for anybody in general in the world. They know that. So how do they operate? How do they make all these billions of dollars? Do you know what they're very good at doing? Making people believe that they have to have one of these, that it will make you somebody, that it will make you popular, that it will give you lots of friends. They know it can't do that. And do you know what they do next very effectively? They encourage you to gather up the most valuable piece of property that you will ever own on the internet that's worth more than gold and that's your personal information and give it to them for nothing so they can sell it and make billions of dollars. And do you know why people do it? Because they promise people if you do this you will make friends, you will be popular, it will help you achieve something. Guys, when we put all our information up there, they promise us that we're the one that's going to get something. We're not. We're the last person. It's everybody else. Do you know when we connect with other people on the internet we've never met? They've got no reason to do the right thing by our information. They're not there to use our information to make us feel good. They're there to use it for their own purposes. Am I saying never use these programs? No. But I'm saying know where you stand. I've never had a student come up to me and say, "Um, I've just made the state junior rugby team. Do you know how I did it? I got an Instagram account. I've never had a student say, I'm ducks of the school. Do you know how I did it? I got a Snapchat account and I got 1,500 followers. We know they achieve nothing. Why do I talk like this? Don't feel that you have to have one of these to achieve whatever you want in this world. You can achieve anything without ever having one of these programs. So they are an optional extra. Do you know what I hear from a lot of young people? And you know who it is? Particularly the ones who feel they need to connect with strangers who add no value to their life and then put all their information up there. I don't hear how happy they are using that program. I a lot of times hear some of the issues that have been created by other people. People who aren't their friends. People who aren't there for them. So we need to think, why am I doing this? What is the purpose? Now guys, here's one of those things where I'm going to say I'm not here to judge people, but to tell you the truth. Do you know what I see when I see a teenager or an adult who's got a social networking site and they've got, say, 1,500 followers? I don't think they're popular. I don't think they've got lots of friends, and I certainly don't think they know anything about technology or what's really going on. What I think has happened here is if a person has created an account connected with the 50 people they do know, and then they're prepared to connect with 1,450 total strangers for no reason at all except to make themselves feel that they've achieved something 
or that they're popular. That's what I see. And do you know what? That's what most people in our community see. Because when my kids come to me and say, everybody's doing this, do you know what I know that they're meaning? Just the people I see on my very small screen. They don't see the billions of people who aren't doing this. So guys, a lot of misconceptions can be imagined just by looking at that screen. That's why I thought I needed to tell you the reality behind this. It doesn't achieve anything for anybody. So some of my kids use these, but they put things in place. What could you do? Try and connect and share information with people who actually do add value to your life, friends, family, um, you know, even you know, people you meet socially. Um, put your privacy settings in place. If you don't like uh, the language people are using or how they're portraying themselves, block and delete them. Take control of it and you'll find you'll be able to get a lot of good stuff out of these programs. They can be used effectively. But there's all these illusions that these companies build around themselves just to make money. Hey, what's another one of those things they try and make us believe? That when we send a picture or a video through Snapchat that it deletes when it gets to the other end. Do you know I can say to an adult, hey, do you know the internet's permanent? And they go, I know that, the internet's permanent. But then they'll get in there and make a choice and send a photo because they think it's going to delete when it gets to the other end. So obviously they don't know that it's permanent. Do you know every single photo and video and file that has ever been sent through Snapchat, there are multiple copies of it out there. Someone else has it for the rest of your life and they have total control over how it's used now and forever. We're not the ones who have got it, someone else has. Do you know there's people who still believe when they send a photo through Snapchat it deletes? Snapchat never said it deleted. They've never said that. Do you know why they're not allowed to? It's a lie. They know there's multiple copies of it out there. But some people are still tricked into thinking, oh, when I send a photo, it's gone. No, it's not. It's there forever. We can't afford to think like that. We can't afford to be fooled by these companies. That's what I'm saying. Listen to the messages of substance that you're getting from those people around you. The internet is public. The internet is permanent. End of story. No matter what these companies say. Nothing wrong with using that program, but there are some people who only send photos because they're being tricked into believing that it's not going to exist anymore. So that's when it can cause a problem. Now guys, what I'm going to do very quickly, I don't have much time. I'm going to go through what's called a case study. This is an example of a criminal investigation that I did when I was pretending to be a teenager on the internet. So I went to work, made a coffee, read the paper, jumped on the internet, pretended to be a teenager. Jumped into my gaming, my social media accounts, chatted to some of my contacts in there. And I'm going to go through this criminal investigation because an adult man contacted me while I was doing my job, thinking that he was talking to a teenager. This adult man committed criminal offences against me simply by how he interacted on the internet. We found this person in the physical world, he was arrested and he went to prison. And I'm going to go through this example, I've arrested 89 adult men just like this from this region. I'm going to go through this criminal investigation to show you the mistakes that this adult man made. Do you know when I go through these sorts of things? Do you know what some people say? Oh that's scary. Do you know what's scary? When people don't think they exist. When people think they know who they're talking to, even though they've never met that person face to face. That's what's scary, when they don't understand that not everybody on the internet thinks the same as you. If you've never met someone face to face, it could be a person exactly the same as this. And do you know how well some people are tricked? They go, no, it wouldn't, I know who this person is. They're the people who generally become the victims of these sorts of people online. They will always be part of that world. It doesn't make the internet a bad place, but it makes it what it is. 
So this guy here, as most of us know, we don't use our real name, we use a nickname. This guy decided to call himself Corey M. C. And he only told me two things about himself. He said his first name was Corey and he said he was 30 years of age. When we arrested him, both those things turned out to be true. Now, one of the first mistakes he made, he thought he was talking to a teenager. Now, even with a really good imagination, have a look at me. Even with pigtails, I don't look like a teenage girl, surely. I've got a teenage boy, so I'm obviously not a teenage boy. This adult man here and the other 89 adults I arrested, when they were sitting in that police station, believed beyond all doubt that they were talking to a teenager on the internet. In his mind, that teenager was as real to him as everyone who walks around in the physical world. And how did I create that? I told him I was a teenager. I created a fake account as a teenager. I answered the questions in the way he wanted me to answer them. So he had more of a reason to be drawn to me. I had fake gaming accounts. And that was enough for this adult man to believe beyond all doubt that he was talking to a teenager. Not once did he question it. If he had stood back for one second and gone, you know what, I've never met this person. What if this is a police officer pretending? What if this is a teenager, but their parents see what's going on and they print it out and go to the police? My life is going to change forever. They will track me down to my address, They'll execute a search warrant, they'll arrest me, take possession of all my devices, that will destroy my life and the life of my family. Why am I doing this? I'm actually not getting anything out of it. It's actually making me feel a little bit nervous or, or not right. Why am I doing this? Not one of those men considered that. They were so, I suppose, encapsulated by what I was putting on their screen. Guys, what you see on your screen is data. That's all it is. But your mind, you will find, if you don't start to think about these things, will trick you into believing that things are real that aren't real. And you know what? Even concepts. Like you would say, oh, yeah, I'd never do that out there, but it's okay because it's on the internet. And there is no way around this. You're the only one that can do this. Not your parents, not your friends. You're the one making the choices. Guys, I'm going to tell you a story very quickly. And do you know why I tell you this? Because it's the truth. I was speaking at a school in Townsville, first term. I played a video for the students. During the video, one of the teachers came up to me and he said, oh, we've got family friends who live in Brisbane. They've got a 16-year-old daughter. She was chatting online. She was connected online to this 17-year-old boy from Sydney. And she was interacting with him. They were exchanging photos, talk every day till she be he became a very close friend of hers. He developed such trust in her because he complimented all her all the time, took an interest in her, told her how fantastic she was. And she really wanted to connect with this person online. He had gained so much trust in her that he had groomed her, which means coerced her, into sending a sexually explicit image of herself. He said, if you loved me, you'd do this. Everybody does this. This will make you mature. So she sent that photograph to this 17-year-old. He turned around and said, I'm not a 17-year-old. I'm actually a man in my 30s. And I've got my friend, he's another man in his 30s here, and we're going to fly up to Brisbane. And you will meet me where we say, at this motel that we have rented. And if you don't, I'm going to make sure that everybody in your life sees those photographs for the rest of your life. Your parents, your grandparents, every student at your school and another school. And you'll be embarrassed and humiliated for the rest of your life. That girl was so horrified, she was so scared, she had been blackmailed and extorted. She, she actually met those two adult men for a period of two months. They flew up a number of times. Till she couldn't do it anymore, she, con she considered harming herself. That's how bad her life had become. So she reported those men were arrested and they went to prison.
she will probably never recover from that. And do you know what? That's what I need to tell you these things. So you are prepared that when people on the internet are treating you in a way or your instincts tell you that something's not quite right or this person's too good to be true, you have a reason to step in and go, I'm not going to get involved in that. Do you know what? It was one button that she pushed sending that photograph. She could have stood back and gone, you know what? I've never met this person. I really don't know who they are. And that could have changed everything. I don't want you to go down that path. See, the internet doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care who you are. It judges people on their choices and their choices alone. So he thought he was talking to a teenager. He thought his messages were private. We've talked about this. I mean, I've got a photo on my phone. I only want my closest friend to see it. I send that photo to them, but I didn't know this. When I sent that photo, my friend had just got in the shower. They'd left their phone on the kitchen bench and their dad was there cutting up something for dinner and he picked the phone up and he looked at that picture. Instantly, it's not private anymore. And do you know what I know from my experience? There's a billion different scenarios that you will never imagine in your wildest dreams that can make what you think is private to become very public. So don't fall victim to thinking what I'm doing on the internet is private. The next mistake he made, he had a conversation with me of an indecent nature. Do you know he's sitting in his own home and he sends me a message of an indecent or a sexually explicit nature thinking he's sending it to a younger teenager. The second he pressed send he was going to prison. He was going to be arrested. His whole life was going to change forever and he didn't even know it. And do you know what didn't matter? Who was sitting at the other end? We have some very strict laws in our community and our community doesn't think it's funny. One of them is it's against the law for an adult person to treat you in a way on the internet that makes you feel comfortable, particularly in relation to a sexual nature. Our community doesn't think that this is acceptable. He never would have had that conversation with that person in a shopping centre food court for a number of reasons but he was prepared to have it on the internet. So he was going to be arrested. Do you know what that message there is? The rules and the responsibilities that apply to technology are just as enforceable and important for me to follow. I get rewarded in exactly the same way. So he wanted to meet me in the real world. Obviously a very, well, an incredibly dangerous thing to do. And even for detectives, we've got a whole team of detectives investigating this because we don't know whether he's going to bring a weapon. We don't know whether he's going to turn up with other men. We don't know. We've got to protect not only ourselves, but him and the community. So we're very careful when it comes to this because we only know what he's prepared to put on that screen. And he thought that no one knew who he was. Here's the other illusion, anonymity. I'm going to do this because no one will ever find out who I am. Out of those 89 adult men, they had more reason than anyone else in the world to hide their identity online. We found every single one. Nobody is anonymous on the internet. So we followed him from his house to the shopping centre to the food court where he thought he was going to meet a teenager, but he didn't. He met a whole bunch of police officers instead and he was arrested. Took him back to his house, searched his house, got all his devices, forensically examined them. We found a large number of young people that he had harmed and hurt as a result of meeting them online before we had the chance to arrest him. But he was removed from the community and he went, and he went to prison. The message is there. Protect your personal information on the internet. Um, People you only meet on the internet are strangers. The internet is a public place. The internet, once you make your choice, the internet is permanent. The rules and responsibilities are real. It's not just good enough to say, oh, I know this. It's got to be good enough to know it when you're in a position and it's just you and the screen, maybe it's nine o'clock at night and there's people online maybe putting pressure on you. That's when you've got to know it. That's when you've got to say, oh, I know this is going to be public, or it could be public. That's why I'm not going to do it, no matter what they say, no matter what my mind is telling me or how it's making me feel. And there's no way around this. 
Do you know what? Most adults out there have never thought in that way. That's why they have problems. You can be the first generation of internet geniuses to come through. And I'm not talking about how to type keys, I'm talking about understanding what that world's really about. There are things that the internet won't give you, I'm sorry. But we have to understand what its rules are because it won't break those rules or bend those laws for anybody. So, he went to our jail for many, many years. Look, I don't have much time, so what I'm gonna do here, is I'm gonna skip this next uh, slide, but I am gonna say this, do you know what one of the most common questions I get asked by students is? Were you ever cyber-bullied? Were you ever cyber-bullied when you are in the, uh, doing this job? I said virtually every day. And do you know the FBI wouldn't let me touch a computer for two weeks after I'd got there? I spoke to doctors and psychologists to make sure that I had the personality to do this job and that I knew what to do if I had a problem because I would look at some very disturbing material and deal with very disturbing people on the internet. And they found that a lot of their agents, special agents, they were becoming affected. In a, uh, their personalities were changing. They were becoming aggressive. Some of them were coming withdrawn. So they were very concerned about that. And they said to me, when you're doing this job, you need to feel comfortable, confident and in control. And if you're experiencing any negative, no or bad emotions or feelings, something's wrong and you need to do something about it. Guys, if you're using technology and you're feeling any of these emotions, you need to do something about it. Don't worry about what people are doing. Look at how you're feeling. Because you know what? Everyone's got a different personality. A message that may not affect you in a bad way may have a totally different effect on your friend. Maybe they've faced some trauma in their physical world and a little bit of negativity has a really negative effect on them. So this will most likely happen as you grow through this school. You will see content, you'll be treated in a way maybe, or you'll make choices whereby you don't feel that good and maybe it's related to one of these. Something can always be done to help. Do you know what I noticed as a detective? The internet can be very good at causing you issues, but it is terrible at solving issues. Do you know how online issues get fixed? It's when a person gets off the internet and starts communicating with people they trust. That's where it starts to get better. Don't underestimate the value or the power of having the maturity and the confidence and the high self-respect to be able to get off the internet and talk to people about things that are happening online. Don't let anybody bully you, threaten you or pressure you into keeping things to yourself on the internet. There'll be people who try to get you angry so you respond online in an angry way. That's what they're trying to do and then they've won. There is no way around this. You don't have to type any key. You can put that device down and have a break. I mean, we can try and ignore things. We can block and delete users. We can go to a different website. We can take screenshots. We can have a conversation with somebody. We can uh, report that person online. You already know what to do, but you have to do something about it. Don't let it keep going because it will probably never stop till it spirals out of control. And stick together with your friends. These emotions are not normal on the internet. Do you know what some parents say? Oh, cyberbullying, that's just what happens. That's not just what happens unless you let it happen. There's so many things that can be done and most people don't do this. Do you know how I know most people don't engage in cyberbullying? It's because we have laws in our country and do you know most people follow those laws? Out of 2,000 people, 2000 people who fill up their car with petrol, do you know there's one person that doesn't pay? 1,999 people could get in their car, drive away and save their money to buy more Pokemon Go coins or whatever. But they don't. They go and they pay for their petrol. They make that choice themselves. You see, this isn't about making you do the right thing. 
This is about you having a reason yourself to know why you're making good choices. You do it to protect yourself. I pay for my petrol so I don't get arrested. I know it's serious. And you know there's crimes in our community. Stealing, assault, and this one that sits right beside those two in the Federal Criminal Code. It says a person is guilty of an offence if they use a carriage service. That's anything to do with technology to menace, harass or cause offence. That is a federal criminal offence. People go to prison for cyberbullying. Do you know why I'm saying this? This is an indication of what our community expects. Most people don't do this. Most people follow the law. Do you know those people, including adults, that say to me, oh, everybody's doing it. I say, no, no, your attention's drawn to the few people who are doing it. You don't see the billions of people who don't do this. So if this happens to you, you know I've got the whole community on my side. This isn't about me. This is about them. I mean, all bullying is linked to low self-esteem. Our community knows that. Never question yourself. Quite often it's due to jealousy that someone might try and attack you or, or fear themselves. That's why they get involved in it. So you don't question yourself. You know, I've got my community on, on my side. Something can be done to fix this problem. So it is a federal criminal offence. Don't let anybody tell you it isn't. Does that mean if we get cyber bullied, we ring the police? No. But at the end of the day, we've got to know it's possible. I'm going to say one thing. You, your parents or the school can never, ever, ever stop another parent getting angry and going to the police. Ever. And you know when someone steps it through like this, they have to admit, they have to go, why would I get involved in that? It's not making me anybody. It's not giving me anything. Why would I do this? I'm just putting myself in a position where I could face some consequences. So maybe today there's one student here who walks outside and goes, you know what, I never looked at it from that perspective. I've got better self-esteem self than that. I'm just not going to get involved in it. If I see it happening, I'm going to distance myself from it. I'm not going to, you know, think I have to like what cyber bullies are saying to protect myself so they don't do it to me, to show that I'm agreeing with them. I'm not just not going to get involved in that anymore. And like I said at the start, guys, every bit of this is your choice. You're the one typing those keys. You don't have to worry about what other people are doing. So, I've got two minutes left. The year 10s, the year 11s, the year 12s, their entire presentation next is going to be on this subject. This year, first term, I spoke to 2,200 teenagers just like yourself. Actually, they were aged from 15 to 18. They were year 10 to 12. 2,200 of them. And I talked for the entire time about the topic of sexting. And you know what, during that presentation I asked them five questions and they voted relatively anonymously on their own phone, so they weren't influenced by anyone around them. And I said to them, how many of your peer group, I'm not talking about people you see online or what you heard or what you imagine, people who stand beside you every day, your friends, how many of your friends are actually involved in this? Do you know that 73% uh, said they would be surprised if any of their friends were involved in this? Do you know what the next one was? The next highest response? They know a few of their friends have done it, but it's not many. That accounted for about 92% of the vote. The majority of young people in our community, including primary school, you and adults, don't do this. They don't send sexually explicit images of themselves. Do you know why? They get it. They have absorbed values, beliefs, ethics. They understand what the internet's about. 
Maybe for once they've considered, if I send this photo to someone I trust, maybe I don't trust them in 12 months' time and they've got my photo for the rest of my life. What if for a joke they put on the internet and every student at this school sees it? How will that affect me? Because you know what, this isn't about whether you think this is right or wrong or a big deal or not. This is about how could this affect me if someone got one of those photos and could use it for the rest of my life. Most people who get involved in this have never thought about that. They've never stepped it through. That illusion of privacy and control. Before you actually send that photo is when you need to think about that. Don't let anybody tell you that everybody does this. They absolutely do not. And it is not acceptable in our community. It is actually a federal criminal offence. 189 students just like you in Queensland alone last year were arrested for engaging in this practice. Every single one of them would give anything in this world to take it back. There is one way to protect yourself from this and it's to go, that's not just who, that's me and my friends, that's just not who we are. I don't care how much pressure you put on me, I don't get involved in this. It's not what my family's about. I'm not going to let you trick me into thinking that this is just okay, that everybody does this, or that it's different now. No, it's not. Do you know when this is going to be acceptable for you to do? And to make sure that nothing happens to you, it's when you print a naked photograph of yourself out and put it on the school notice board and think nothing of it. And that all the other students and all the parents and the teachers are walking park looking at your naked photograph and thinking nothing of it. That's when it will be just a part of what we do in our community. We're not to that stage yet, I don't think. And do you know one of the first things you'd probably ask yourself? Why? Why would I put my photograph on the notice board? What's the purpose? I mean, I'm not going to do that. So guys, I'm just going to put up a definition as I finish. An image or a video that shows a person who is under 18 years of age and that picture or video is sexually explicit and used for sexual purposes, it is a federal criminal offence to have it. It is a federal criminal offence to make it. It is a federal criminal offence to post it or send it. It doesn't matter whether you're 10, 14, 18, 16, 22, 31, 49, 53, 67. If you have those on your device, you can be arrested. Doesn't matter who's in it. If they're under 18 and it's sexually explicit, you are committing a federal criminal offence. And guess what? People don't get rewarded for this. Some of them go down very bad paths. Today's the day. If you've got those, if uh, this is forwarded or pressured or put onto you in the future, you block it, you block those people, you delete that stuff. It is very dangerous to have possession of it. And do you know when it gets people? When they least expect it. And it comes from a place that they least expect it to come from. You don't want to have anything to do with this. So guys, I know it's been a very quick presentation. So I do apologize. I'm gonna to talk to the 10s and 11s and 12s, like I said, for the whole session on this. And do you know when I spoke to those teenagers on the Gold Coast, 2,200 of them, I spoke to them for 45 minutes. At the end, they could get on their phones and ask questions. Do you know they asked dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of questions? You will have questions as you grow through this school about certain topics and activity on the internet. Keep close to those people you trust. Keep those conversations going. They can give you support, put things into context for you. Do you know what some young people think? Well, this is okay now, everybody's doing it. It's because they've been influenced by poisonous cultures on the internet who are there for their own purposes. If someone pressures you to send them a photo of yourself that's sexually explicit, they're not doing it to help you. They're doing it to help themselves. So we've got to be true to who we are. If the pressure's getting too much, you've got to put the device down and go and have a chat to somebody. 
Okay, guys, good luck. I know this, you know, some of you are going, man, we're in year seven, eight, nine. How heavy is this? Why do I have to make it heavy? Because it is heavy. And I don't think it's fair. These laws were never invented with you in mind. Just young people making choices and sometimes making mistakes. But unfortunately, this is the price we pay for using technology. So guys, stay close to people, trust your instincts, know the internet's public, the rules and responsibilities are there, something can always be done to help. So look, I'll hand back, stay seated. Thank you very much. And we hope you found Brett Lee's seminar informative and beneficial. If you would like to know more about this topic or email a question, go to the Internet Education and Safety Services website at www.internetsafeeducation.com. This podcast was produced by Tracy Burton, featuring music by Paul Cusick. Thanks for listening.